If you've got your Bibles, it's, it's the last Sunday of 2020, and we're going to go to the book of Ecclesiastes. The book of Ecclesiastes, it's, it's somewhere in the middle of your Bible, and uh, just if you don't know where Ecclesiastes is, just flip around for a second, stop, and look at the screen, and you'll be able to see what I'm going to read. So Ecclesiastes chapter number 12, and we're just going to read two verses this morning. Ecclesiastes chapter 12 in verses 13 and 14, if you would stand to honor the reading of God's Word. This is Solomon, uh, considered to be, uh, according to the Bible, the wisest man that ever lived. And these are the words that he had to say to end this book of Ecclesiastes. He says this, he says, Let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God and keep His commandments, for this is the whole duty of man. For God shall bring every work into judgment with every secret thing, whether it be good or whether it be evil. Let's pray. Father, we love you, God, and we thank you for, God, the spirit that we felt this morning. Lord, I thank you that the Holy Spirit has, has manifested himself in this place. And Lord, I just pray that it has, it has opened up hearts, God, and it has, has tenderized people's hearts to receive your word. Lord, I stand here in awe that, that you have come into this place this morning. And God, I just say thank you for being here with us. Lord, it would have been a vain effort, God, if you hadn't been here. And God, as we open your word, Lord, and we, we read these wonderful words of wisdom from this man Solomon, God, I, pr I just pray that it would penetrate hearts. And Lord, that seeds would be sown, God, this morning, and that you would water those seeds, and maybe they might even come to increase this morning. God, I just pray that you're glorified in this service. God, we've already glorified you through singing, Lord, and I just pray that the message would also be glorifying to you. God, I just pray that you would give me clarity of mind and clarity of speech to preach your word. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. I don't take it lightly to, uh, to, to the last sermon of the year to preach it. In fact, I have this weird affinity and this weird ability to, to remember exactly what I preached last year. And nobody probably knows what I preached the last Sunday of last year, but it was, it was Jan or December the 30th. I stood on this very stage about a year ago, and I preached on If Not Now, When? And I preached that, that, that exact thought. I preached that, you know, if, if you're going to do something, you might as well do it now and not put it off. And then here we are a year later, and, and people are still putting things off. Amen? And, and you think about all the things that, that are happening at the end of the year and, and you know, people are trying to, to do the last few things. You know, we just, we just had Christmas. And, and maybe I talked about this for a minute Wednesday night. I don't want to move this microphone out of the way in case I get excited. I don't want to smack Daniel's microphone. But, but I think about Christmas and, and you said you already had a good Christmas. Some of you kind of grunted. I don't know what that exactly meant, but that's just what some people did. But now, you know, we're, we're kind of on the downhill. I, I call it this, and this is probably, a terrible thing to call it but I call it the Christmas hangover I don't know how else to say it but but y'all some of y'all know what I'm talking about don't you you understand what I'm saying is you, you Christmas got built up you know Walmart should, started putting Christmas stuff out back in September and we've seen it and we've seen it and we've sung the songs and we've heard the sermons and all this and now that it's over with we're like well now what do we do now we get to look forward to the next year and as I stood here last year and I preached that sermon, and I still remember it, and, and I hope that maybe some of you remembered it too, but as we go into this, this coming year, I'll say this, and I'm going to go ahead and get it out of the way, I hope next year is better than this year, amen? 
I mean, that goes without saying, or at least it should. You know, I, I wrote down some of the things that, that have happened in the last year, and, and some of this, honestly, seems like a distant memory. You remember what happened in March when those tornadoes came through Cookville, right? A lot of you remember that. And some of you are saying, was that really this year? It was. But it seems like a lifetime ago. And we saw all the destruction that came out of that and all the homes that were destroyed and, and the 20-some-odd people that lost their life. And, and they, didn't, they didn't expect that. They didn't have any idea that that night when they went to bed that those tornadoes would come through and all that awful destruction would happen. But I'll tell you what, if there's, if there's anything positive that came out of that situation, it's that we saw Putnam County come together and work together and people got to work. And, and if you go back down in there now, it's hard to even tell that that thing happened. I mean, it's, it's wonderful to see those things happen in the light of such tragedy. And then we know the awful other thing that's happened this year, and that is that C word that none of us want to hear, right? I, I hope this goes away, don't you? I mean, I'm, I'm sick and tired of it. As a pastor, you know, somebody texted me last night and they said, hey, I've been exposed to somebody. And they said, what do you think I should do? And, and, and you know, I don't know if they wanted me to give them the green light or the red light or maybe the yellow light. I don't know. But, but it, I've, I've dealt with that, it seems like, almost week in and week out. And I told them exactly this. I said, listen, I said, I deal with that all the time and I don't know what the right answers are. And as a pastor, it, it's been a trying year. You remember we shut the church down back in April and we had church outside and we had Easter service outside and all these strange things that we've had to do this year and all these adaptations that we've had to make simply it seems like just to, just so we could claw our way through this year and make it to another year we've had those things happen but then we've also had some deaths associated with our church I, I look back over the year and I, and I wrote these down it started back in May brother Fowler Pritchard a, a good saint of God he went to be with the Lord this year and then following that, we had Geraldine Billingsley, Ewan Farrell died, and just recently, Brother Bill Harrison went on to be with the Lord. And I think about all these people who are, are facing a different year because of all these things and, and these tornadoes and these COVID deaths and all this just seem to be minimized by the loss of a loved one. But it seems like we've gotten kind of accustomed to loss this year, haven't we? I mean, have you gotten accustomed to loss when, you know, when we turn the news on and we see that there's 200,000 people infected every day and all these people are dying, we're just like, it's another day. We've gotten so callous to these things. And I'm going to preach to the church for a minute. I'll say this, that, that it almost seems like our church and, and many other churches, and, and I know that this stuff is just running rampant and right now is a bad time. I get that. But it seems like we've kind of said, well, we're just going to have to hold off a be in a church for a little while and, until things change and things calm down and things are different. And I thought, well, and, and this is where the basis of the message comes from. I thought, looking at God or, or thinking about God, and did you know that the book of Malachi says that God has not changed during this year? God has not ever changed in any year. He says, I am the Lord, I change not. I don't change. We've seen a lot of changes, we've dealt with a lot of changes, but God has not changed. And we read this passage of scripture from the book of Ecclesiastes chapter number 12. And Solomon, what he has done during this time, Solomon was not only a very wise man, but he was a very rich man. 
I mean, he had pretty much everything that people uh, uh, try to obtain to, to, to these days, you know, whether it be uh, wealth or whether it be brains or whatever. Solomon pretty much had it all. This guy had everything that you could ever want. And so what he did is, is he kind of did something smart with it. Is he took his brains and he took his wealth and he put them together and he says, you know what, I'm going to try and figure out what life is really all about. And so Solomon spent years and years and years and he burned through some of his wealth and he spent time in, in different places and he was doing all these different things. And if you want to review what he did, you can go home and read the book of Ecclesiastes. It's only 12 chapters. And he, gives, he goes through all these life experiences and he writes these words down. I want to draw your attention. If you still got your Bible, you can, you can read this. And if you don't, I'll just read it to you. He said this in Ecclesiastes chapter 12, verse 7. He says, Then shall the dust return to the earth as it was, and the Spirit shall return unto God who gave it. Vanity of vanity, saith the preacher, all is vanity. He spent all this time and all these resources just to figure out that life is not about stuff. Life is not about things. Life is not about sicknesses. And life is not about all these things that we deal with and all this loss. What is life really about? That's a question that people have been trying to figure out for millenniums. You have all these great thinkers that have tried to pour all that they have into it. And, and at the end of their life, you know, they don't, have, they don't have any more figured out than they did when they started their journey. But I'll tell you what, I think that, I think that Solomon had it figured out in the book of Ecclesiastes. I think that if there's one guy that is able to sum up why you are put on this earth, why you exist, it is for this reason and this reason only, it's to serve God. Solomon was wise because he asked God for wisdom. Let me say this, and I'm not against education, I'm not down in any of that. You may have more degrees than a thermometer, that's fine. But... Y'all liked that joke, didn't you? I know Andrew liked that. <laughs> but listen to me. If your wisdom doesn't come from God, it might be in vain. Would you say amen to that? You know, that's how Solomon got his wisdom. He said, God said, I'm going to give you something. And Solomon said, hey, I want to be a wise man. And he studied and he, he looked at life and not only did he look at it, you know a lot of people just think about things and, and they sit there and they go through this thought process and then they try to spit out these good answers. But Solomon actually went out and experienced all these things, good things and bad. And he said, let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. You know, when I read books, and, and I like to read books quite a bit, it seems to me like that a lot of books that you read, I'm talking about secular books here, you know, just, just novels or, or whatever, is, is it the beginning of the book, you know what they do? They, they get you interested in the book, don't they? You know, they spend the first few chapters and they introduce everybody and they try to get you hooked on the book and then there's a lot in the middle that you're just not sure about and, and well, you, did they just make that up? And then you get to the end and, and you can really almost a lot of times sum a good book up in just a few sentences. And you get to that part and it all comes together and it all makes sense. And that's what Solomon does here. He says if you don't read anything else in this book, if you, don't, if you don't go home and read the book of Ecclesiastes and learn about the things of life, he says this is what you need to learn. Let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. 
Now he says that phrase twice, or says that word twice in this, in this particular verse. He says whole matter, and then you go down to the end of the verse and he says the whole duty. The whole matter. What is this matter that he is talking about? That is your life. Solomon calls your life a matter. Now I'll stop right here and say this. Your life matters. Amen? Your life matters to God. You may not think you're worth much. You may not put a whole lot of confidence in yourself. But you matter to God. I like that song Cecil sung. Little is much when God is in it. Your life may not seem of any significance. You may just be kind of floating through and people don't notice you and and you're doing your thing and it goes unnoticed. But let me tell you, whatever you're doing, it matters to God because he says, let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. And then he says, fear God. And that word fear, we, we, when we hear the word fear, we've, we've kind of misconstrued that word a little bit. We've kind of turned it around and given it a meaning that it doesn't really reflect. You think you hear fear God and you automatically associate that with being scared, don't you? That's what we do. We think about fear and we think about being out in a dark alley or being, being you know, somebody trying to steal something from us. And that's not the fear that we're talking about here. We're talking about a reverent fear. We're talking about a worshiping fear. And, and, and also this word comes with the implication of actually serving God. Because I believe that if you fear God and you put God in His proper place in your life, that you will serve Him. Amen? You know why people are not serving God like they should be? Because God's not in His proper place in their life. And that is at the forefront of everything. He says, fear God and keep His commandments. For this is the whole duty of man. That's why you're here. That's why God puts you on this earth. There's, I don't know how many people's on this earth, like 7 billion people. Is that about right, you know, by their last estimate? I don't, I don't know how they counted all those folks. I've only got, ten, you know, 10 fingers and 10 toes. But, but all these people have done these calculations, 7 billion people on this earth. And you know what the duty of every single person on earth is? To serve God. I'm not talking about just us. You know, a lot of time uh, people kind of, we kind of get inclusive and we kind of put ourselves in this little bubble and in this little circle and we say, well, we're the ones that's going to serve God. No, those people over there in, in the Middle East that are lost, that are serving Allah, they were put here to serve God. They were put here to keep God's commandments. But the hiccup was sin. Sin came onto the scene and, and sort of ruined everything, if I can just be blunt with you like that. And we read this verse and, and we, we say amen to it. I, I, I can read this verse again and everybody would say, Amen, that's the truth, brother. But then here's the thing. We can read it. And we can think about it. But what about living it? What about actually going outside? Did y'all think you were going to hear a message like this? Some of you are scared to death. You know what I found out? I heard somebody tell me the other day, I had a guy pull me aside and he said, you offend people. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> I thought, who did I offend? But, but I, I, I'm just going to preach the Bible. Is that okay? Because that's all I know to preach. But we see that a lot of people would agree with this. But then they don't go out and live it. See, I believe God expects some things of us. I believe that that God has expectations of how we are to do things and how we are to live. 
and we see all these all these things that are going on around us. And, and I alluded to this earlier, and so I'll just kind of just kind of expand on it just a little bit. I, I talked about all the change that is happening. And all the differences and, and how we're getting lax on things and, and how, how much different the world looks now. I heard this phrase the other day that somebody said this, that this may be the new normal. And I thought, man, that'd be horrible, wouldn't it? Man, that'd be terrible if this was the new normal. You know, having to, having to wear a mask and having to keep apart from each other. I'll, I'll tell you this, I believe that when God created us, He created us to be together. He created us to fellowship and be social creatures. And, and you know why people are depressed and why people are, are so down and out about what's going on in the world? Because we can't, uh, we can't associate with each other like we want to. It's hard for me not to shake hands and hug necks. But God is talking about the whole duty of man is to fear Him and keep His commandments. And you can pretty much sum that up in, in uh, the book of Exodus chapter 20. I, you could just put the Ten Commandments in there. Just, just abstain from sin, but yet serve Him. But surely, God understands what's going on, right? That, well, we're, we're, we're working on a, at a limited capacity and and we can't do these things like we used to. And I would agree with that. But we have to do two things. I heard Brother Bill Harrison say these words. And, and he's a great man of God. And he said the Navy taught him something. He said you have to adapt and overcome. Adapt and overcome. And I think that can apply to our church. Would you say amen to that? So what does God expect of His people? Well, the first thing that I believe that God expects of His people is He expects that we have gospel preaching. As a church, I believe God expects gospel preaching. That has not changed. God has not changed. God still expects that. You say, well, what is the gospel? It's simply the good news. It's simply to tell people about God. Tell, tell people about His Son, Jesus, and how He came to die for your sins and how He has gone away to prepare a place for you. That is all wonderful news. The world has so much bad news. But God has good news for every single one of us. And as we, we go out and, and we think about preaching is, is exactly what I'm doing right now. Standing behind a lectern on a stage in front of a group of people and, and telling you some information and maybe shouting occasionally and, and reading from a Bible. That's what we consider preaching. But preaching is simply proclamation. It is simply spreading the word and telling people something. You know that every one of us in here, we're all preaching a message with our lives every single day. We're all telling people something. When you go to work tomorrow or when you uh, go, go wherever to school, if school starts back up, I don't know if that will happen. When you go out into the world and people look at you, you are preaching them a message every single day. And I ask you this question, is it a gospel message? I don't, I don't think a lot of it is. You know why I think that? Because I, I look at churches and how they're just declining, declining, declining. And I'm not here to, to make you feel bad this morning. I'm here just to be honest with you. You know what some people need? They need a good old dose of the truth. That would help a lot of people, wouldn't it? Sometimes that's a hard pill to swallow, isn't it? But I want to tell you the truth that, that if you look around in the church world, Chris Dodson said it, the numbers are not on our side, folks. Churches are kind of going downhill, but I believe if the gospel was preached and people lived what they believed, we could see a difference. 
Not only does He expect gospel preaching, but I believe that God expects people that will go into the world, going people, just simply go. Go somewhere and do something for God. It's not hard, but whatever you do, He said, do it in the name of Jesus. Jesus said, if you'll simply just give a water in my name, it is if you were giving it to Jesus. And He wants us to simply just go. And you say, well, you know what? They're telling us to stay at home, right? There's another obstacle we're running into. It seems like this year has just been full of obstacles. Wouldn't you agree with that? You know, if you've ever seen those videos, I'm not really into track and field sports. But, but uh, you can tell, right? Okay, say amen. I heard Tanner laugh. Go ahead and insert your laugh right there. That's okay. That's okay. I, I, I deserve that, brother. I appreciate it. <laughs> but, you know, you see, those, you see those races that people run. And, and a lot of times when I, I preach, I'll refer to this life as a race, you know. And I'll talk about how life is like a marathon and how, you, you, you know, you've got to finish and got to get to the end. But I feel like this year that our life, or that this 2020 has been one of those years where we're running and then there's all kinds of little hurdles, you know. And, and, and I'm the guy that you see in the, 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 the blooper videos where he goes to, to jump the hurdle and his foot catches and he face plants. And I, I feel like that's what it's been this year for me, is, is that we've had all these hurdles put in front of us, and a lot of people have handled it, and, and I've made some mistakes. But guess what? Everybody's made mistakes this year because we're all learning together. And so we, we're not really allowed to leave the house. Last Sunday night, our governor put out an order that said, hey, we would appreciate it if you wouldn't gather in large groups except churches and funerals and weddings. Well, those all involve a preacher, amen? So you can be here this morning. But, but we have all these hurdles, and you say, well, well, how can we go? What can we do to reach the world? Because we're not allowed to go visit. And you know, as a pastor, it is expected of me to go visit the elderly, right? And here I am sitting here thinking, well, what if I've been exposed, and I carry it to one of our little widow ladies, and they get sick? Then that's on me. And that's another obstacle that we're, we're all dealing with these things. And all pastors, we te- us pastors, we text each other. All the pastors in Cookville, you think we got a group chat. We don't. But, but we text each other and we say, what do we do? And we're all learning together. But I'll tell you another thing that, that's good that's come out of this is it, it, you don't have to look back there. But, but back in April when we canceled services, Mike Townsley ran up to me. Uh, well, you, you walked up to me very rapidly, brother. And he came up to me. And he said, hey, he said, he said, we've got to get a camera. And uh, one of the things that we haven't been doing, we had just been, you know, broadcasting the messages and putting them out, you know, just, just with a recording, a voice recording. And he said, we've got to get a camera. And, uh, and he said, what's a good camera cost? And I told him, and he had a light heart attack. And then when he got up, uh, he, said, he said, what are we going to do? And I said, I'm going to order the camera. And he said, okay. And, and we ordered it, and we got it here. And guess what that camera is doing for us right now? It's going into the world. Uh, It's taken something that can be so evil, and that is the internet, and it's actually taken a gospel message preaching about God, and it's taken it anywhere in the world that anybody wants to see it. Guess what? We are going. We're still going. And, and we've, got, we've got little widows at home, the ones that I've talked about, that, that watch the service every Sunday as soon as it goes up on the internet. And they get to, to, to be here even though they're not actually here. Guess what? The word is still going out in spite of all the obstacles. We can still be a going people. Amen? 
And that's a wonderful thing. Not only are we a going people, but, but and, and God has not, not laxed his expectations on that, but he expects us to be a giving people. Oh no, don't preach that, brother. Caleb, my assistant pastor, just, just looked down like a little whipped puppy. It's okay, brother, it's, it's all right. You know, God expects us to give some things, and people always associate giving with money, right? But did you know God expects you to give a lot more than what's in your pocketbook? God expects a whole lot more out of you. If, if you think, I'll just say this, and this might offend some people, but that's okay, I'm already apparently offending people. If you think that just giving God money and then walking away and saying, well, that's all he needs is, is serving him as a Christian, you're dead wrong. God expects a lot more out of people, I believe. I believe that God expects you to give him some time during the week. I expect that if God has given you some talents, that you use those for him. Could you imagine? Listen to this. We heard Brother Matthew sing this morning, and that was spectacular. But you know what somebody would like to do? Somebody would like to find him and maybe sign him to a record deal to go sing the devil's music. Or they would like to grab our, our, our drummer, Anthony, and our guitar player, Andrew, and they would like them to go somewhere and play. But, but guess what? They're doing what they're doing for God. And they're giving to God. I'm going to tell you this. Andrew and Julia, they just got married. Some of you men know that when a man gets married, he don't have much to give from the pocketbook. Amen? That's just how it is. But Andrew can give a give of his time and his talent. And these young men, they can give. And, and even you older people, maybe you're on a fixed income and you say, I can't give a portion of what I, I used to give. That's fine. Still give to God all that you can. My Aunt Ruth, she's probably going to watch this later. I call her my Aunt Ruth. She's Lacey's Aunt Ruth. And, and she probably, she'll flog me when I say this. But, but she has, and some of you Sparta people, you know Aunt Ruth. Sweetest little lady in the world. And I'll just be honest with you, she's, she's never had a lot. She's not just a super wealthy person. She'll say amen to that when she, when she hears this. And, and she, right now she, she's in a wheelchair, on a walker. She can't go. I mean, she, she can walk to the bathroom and back, maybe to the kitchen to pop her something in the microwave. That's about all she's got. But you know what she does? She has a ministry, and somebody here at this church has this ministry. She sits in her recliner, and she writes cards to people. And you think, well, that, that's not real significant. I'll tell you what, when you're a pastor, and you've been down and out because you've been having to make decisions about closing the church down, and having to hear how many people are sick, I'll tell you what, a card in the mail that says we're praying for you goes a long way sometimes. She's given of her time. She's given, and, and, and people here do that, and you don't know how much I appreciate that. I appreciate that. And I believe God will honor that. Amen? He expects us to be a giving people. And I'm almost done here this morning, but, but I believe also He expects us to be a growing people. See, as we serve God... The longer that you serve God, the more you should be growing in Him. That, that, should, that should be basically just something that, that just happens. A lot of you would be concerned if you had a baby. And that baby stayed the same size, right? Let's just say you had a baby and, and that baby came home and it weighed 7 pounds, you know, and 9 ounces and was 
20 inches long or whatever and and that's a newborn baby you know and and you took it back to the doctor for its two-week checkup and and they said well the baby still weighs seven pound nine ounces 20 20 inches long well it's only been two weeks and then you take it back six months well it's still the same size you start to get concerned wouldn't you would you get concerned about that? You expect when a, when a child is born, you, it, growth is an expected thing. It's just expected. It's just, it's just how life happens is what we'd say. But I'll tell you what I see, and, it, and it's discouraging, is a lot of times I see people that, that accept Jesus as their Savior, and then they don't grow a whole lot. Anybody say amen? Y'all be quiet. It's okay. I'm just going to tell you the truth, all right? Remember, we're, we're just talking about the truth. I see so many people that, that are, are, have been saved and have been coming for, you know, three, four, five years, and they're still babes in Christ. They're still on the milk, and they're not getting onto the meat. And you think, well, surely God, God understands. I believe God expects some things of us. Remember, He says the whole matter the whole matter is to serve him and keep his commandments and a lot of people are, are not growing and, and as a pastor you know I, I'm thinking sometimes maybe a discipleship class would help and I think it would wouldn't it Tanner would you Tanner say amen you know to, just to get people in there and just and just t tell them how to study the Bible Tell them some things. And, you know, people still believe, a lot of people still believe that Moses built the ark. Did you know that? Because people are not growing like they should. And we're talking about personal, but, but you apply that to a church. And you think, how many churches are growing? I don't see many, do you? I, I appreciate, let me say this. I appreciate having a good number here this morning. Y'all don't know how much it means to me. If you're a guest, thank you for being here. If you don't have a home church, come back. If you do have a home church, I'll write your pastor an excuse, okay, for being here this morning. But I appreciate people coming to church. But I tell you, I, I'm not trying to be a, a Debbie Downer this morning. But I, I look back over the, the attendance records over the years, and, and, and I've, I see a decline. I'm not going to lie to you. I mean, and, and a lot of you have seen it, right? I, I see Sister Jean back there. You've been here for a long time, hadn't you, Sister Sister Jean was here when there was four or five hundred people sitting in this sanctuary, right, Sister Jean? And, and now we're averaging 110. Now, is everything about numbers? Absolutely, it's not. But let me tell you what I don't see growing. I don't see conversions growing. I think that's a very important metric by which we should measure. Amen? I don't see, uh, I mean, if we went up to our baptistry right there behind the screen right now, we'd probably have to get a, uh, get a dust mop and clean the dust out of it. I'm just being honest with you this morning. But God expects us to grow. Did you know that? When He, when he set the church in motion in Acts chapter 2, and they would, they would grow daily. And now we're lucky if we grow yearly, bi-yearly, by the decade, who knows? But I believe some people need to accept Christ. See, God's not changed. God is still dealing with people. The Holy Spirit is still going to people's hearts and knocking. Let me in. But people are just rejecting Him and it's, it's gotten real easy. And as the pastor, I could hang my head and say, Well, nobody's listening to me. Nobody, and I'm not going to do that. 
Because if I started doing that, I'd be discouraged every Sunday. I'm not going to lie to you. But listen to me. God expects us to grow. And, and I'll tell you, there's, there's folks in this church that are, are growing this church just about by themselves. I won't mention any names, but some of you know that invite and they bring people in. And, and we've got some new faces since I've gotten here. And man, I'm glad to see new people. I'm, I like seeing new faces at church. I like seeing old faces too, okay? But I like seeing new faces. Let's grow for God. I mean, I don't know what's going to happen in 2021. I wish I could stand here. If, I, if I'd have stood here one year ago, 364 days ago, I looked it up, how long it was since I stood in this pulpit and preached that message. 364 days ago. If I'd have told you about this year, y'all would have probably admitted me to the loony bin, right? If I would have said, hey, all this is going to happen, and all these things, and they're going to shut down churches, and they're going to try to try to keep people from coming to churches, and they're going to try to do this and that and, and, and keep us from gathering, you'd have said, well, that's crazy. That's in the future. No, it's now. I hope next year's better, but there's no promises. So you know what I would recommend doing if I were you? I would take my interests out of this life and I would put them in God. The conclusion of the whole matter is this, to fear God and keep His commandments, for that is the whole duty of man. God, we love you, Lord, and we thank you for this opportunity this morning. And God, I pray that it's the the word goes out and, and Lord, it, it finds a refuge in people's hearts, God, that it would just, it would find a lodging place and Lord, that you would multiply and you would grow it. God, we've seen things that we thought we would never see and we're at a place we thought we would, we would never be. But God, even in, in this, all these vast changes, God, you have not changed. You are still firmly seated on your throne. And God, I thank you for that. Lord, I thank you that there's no variableness or shadow of turning in you. And that, Lord, this world may, may rock and reel and go back and forth and be turned upside down. But God, you are still omnipotently in control of everything. And God, I just pray that we could... We could Learn to be people that are, are servants to you. Lord, that we would learn to fear you in a reverent manner. And God, I pray that if, if someone here doesn't know you this morning, God, that they would be saved. And Lord, that they would turn their life over to you. And Lord, swallow their pride and accept you. Lord, I would like to grow the church this morning. I don't know about anybody else, but Lord, I would like to see somebody added to heaven's roll book this morning. And God, as we sing this song, Lord, I just pray that you would continue to deal with people. Lord, lost people, but God, please touch Christians as well. Lord, we need to still hear gospel preaching. Lord, we still need to hear the good news that you have given us. Lord, we lift you up. God, we praise you this morning because you are the only one worthy. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.